Hi, welcome to the Women in Comedy Festival podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And yeah, the festival's definitely finished, but I got to speak to some really, really cool acts. And one of them was Soph Gallistein. And she is such an amazing, inspirational uh, comedian who is not afraid to say that she's working class. Um, she's also a TikTok sensation. She's written a novel. Uh, she's written a script for a show. And then she sold out five shows during our, during the Women in Comedy Festival, which was her first solo show. And it was really inspiring chat. And I think for any young comic, um, this one is one for you to listen to. But um, yeah, sit back and enjoy uh, this episode. I had to ring gas and electric places this morning and ask them adult questions that I had to Google before I rang them. Like, what is a direct debit? Do you feel like I should now? I know that it's money that comes out of your bank, but when they said it to me on the phone, I was like, what do you mean by that? And they were like, what do you mean? What do we mean? And I was like, I don't know. Oh. I know. It's a first for everything. This is true. Yeah. Because you just got a little house. They just get a little house, yeah. How big is it? Is it like... It's a flat. Oh, cool. It's a flat. It's a is, little flat. Is it one bedroom or two bedrooms? Two. Yeah. Nice. Not bad. Is it for you and your girlfriend? Yes. You already live in together or you live in? We'd already lived together. Um, but this is like us getting... This, this is the next level of commitment, I believe. Yeah. So they say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, we've been. It's kind of a. It's kind of a long, complicated story. But she was my first partner, my first love in school. Yeah. So when we were like thirteen, fourteen, um, we spent like a few years together at school, but uh, in secret because we were we were both in the closet, um, and then we kind of spent. Um, some time apart, had different partners, um, and then most recently came back together. And yeah, it's, it's very nice. Oh my God, you're like, no one can see us. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's yeah. yeah, it's a bit like a fever. It just feels a bit strange because, like, that's what I wanted when I was like 13. And then you kind of think, oh, well, that might have just been the thing that never happened. Yeah. And now it's happening, so it's it's very nice. It does happen to people like yeah. you know, like Catherine and Ryan. Yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, School yeah. sweethearts, they disappeared and, and they, they come back. Together. I think the phrase "what's meant to be will be" is is very prominent here, which I like. It's Do you talk about like. this journey in your show? Or? I talk a little bit. Yeah, I mean, my show's very obviously it's it's the theme of sexuality yeah. is very 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 prominent throughout the show um so yeah there's there's bits and bobs in there for sure oh nice <laughs> and so you're quite new to the comedy scene or probably yeah. to the live stage i am yeah i um i did i lived in london for seven and a half years yeah um and then moved back to manchester i think it was december 2021 mm -hmm. um and then kind of I had a, a TV job in 2022, so I kind of was focusing on that and also focusing on my book 
um, which which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, but obviously, live comedy was always something that I wanted to get into. I did a little bit when I was in London, yeah. you know, like open mic nights and yeah. um, and stuff like that, and I really, really liked it. Um, and then when it was COVID, I did a couple of bits and bobs on Zoom. Yeah. Um, which which was a, yeah, which interesting. is an interesting time. <laughs> Probably not like the best for someone that's just started no, doing no. comedy. Yeah. Um, but we prevailed. But did you, because you also found TikTok, did you find TikTok pre-lockdown or did you find it uh, in lockdown? Were you one of those who... Yeah, so <clears throat> I started watching TikToks yeah. over lockdown, but I didn't start posting TikToks until like February this year. Oh, really? Yeah, so TikTok is quite a new thing for me in terms of oh, like posting wow. and stuff, yeah. Okay, yeah. so what gave you the courage to finally post? Because I know it sounds silly to say the courage to post, but mm. it actually does take a lot for people to put their art out there. I yes. think there's a difference for putting your opinion out there yeah, yeah, to yeah. <laughs> actually putting and committing your art. Yeah, um, I think because um, I'd previously posted sketches and i also write poetry so i posted poetry and comedy sketches on instagram okay um, and that's kind of what led me to um start getting work basically in mm. in comedy both on screen and live stuff and that's what led me to my book and things like yeah. that so kind of took a big risk in posting stuff online because obviously it's really scary and yeah uh, i figured that i'd done it with instagram and that's essentially what had got me my job yeah. in the industry. So, I, I, and I noticed on TikTok that TikTok is so niche. Instagram's a little bit more, I feel like there's kind of more a few more conditions to Instagram, whereas TikTok, you can make like a six-second video yeah. of nothing yeah. and it can go viral yeah. and that becomes your thing. Yeah. And TikTok is creating like entrepreneurs from this. Yeah. So, for example, there's um, there's a there's an account that that films themselves throwing glass bottles down the stairs. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, it's not come up in it, my algorithm. Like, it will after today. <laughs> yeah, it will. My phone Your phone's like, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and like, that's got millions and millions of followers and like, people are crazy for it. So I was kind of like, TikTok's maybe a bit less of a risk because there's mm. so much like, mm -mm. there's so much, there's just a corner for everything in TikTok. Yeah. So I think because, because I, because the Instagram thing had paid off nicely for me. Obviously, it was a risk and it was difficult, but it kind of gave me a bit of confidence. Like, if I can do it on Instagram, surely I might be able to do it on TikTok as well. Yeah. Um, well, did you think with um, Instagram, because how long had you been posting on Instagram? Did the poetry come first and then the sketches or was it the other way around? Yeah, poetry first, because that, that was something that I kind of felt like I was more confident that I was good at writing poetry. Mm. So I kind of felt more confident to share that. But then with comedy, because I cared about it more mm. and it was like my passion and my thing, you're more scared about, oh, what if I think that this is really good and people don't? Yeah. Whereas with the poetry, I had another level of confidence that I was like, I know that this is good. Yeah. Um, whereas the comedy, I was unsure. So I tested the water with the poetry. And then once I built up 
um, like a decent following and people were interested in what I was doing. I was kind of like, oh, this is a bit of a more safer space to be like, oh, you know, mm. thanks for watching my poetry. Here's something different. Yeah. Um, and you've kind of got an audience to share it to, which is nice. So when did you get into poetry? Was that something that's always been part of your creative journey? Did you, like, when you were younger, did you want to do comedy or did you just fall into it? I wanted to do comedy when I was younger. I, I do, I'm an actor as well. So okay. I, um, I, I do that. And that's, when I was younger, I, I knew that I wanted to do something, you know, acting wise, mm. comedy wise. And I've always loved, I know everyone says this, it's so cliche, but I've always loved making people laugh. And like, yeah. that's always been what I've wanted to do. Um, and I come from a very working class background and I didn't know anybody in the industry mm. I've you know financially I've kind of struggled so I've never had unfortunately my mum and dad and my family are not in a position to support me financially and never have been yeah. so everything I've ever done is like from scratch yeah which is why I'm a big advocate of using social media okay. especially now more than ever because yeah. otherwise I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I've had yeah. if I was not able to showcase myself on social media um so yeah I kind of always wanted to do it didn't know where to start how to get into it I know obviously there's a lot of people that know people in the industry and that's mm. usually how people can can get in or their family or their dad's yeah. so and so or whatever um, so I think when COVID hit, I was kind of just really reached a new level of like fed up because I was mm. working in a theatre at the time, which yeah. obviously you do. I worked at, um, the Lion King in London, oh, front of house, yeah, which was so fun. Yeah. Um, I really did enjoy it, but obviously I was on, I was on the wrong side of things. So yeah. it's nice to be in the environment and stuff like that, but obviously COVID hit, couldn't work and I was just really fed up and I was like what am I doing I know what I want to do I don't know yeah. how to get there I don't know anybody I don't have the funds to do mm. x y and z like yeah. I was really sort of at the bottom of what I was supposed to do um so then I started so then I started thinking about like posting things online yeah but previous to that I'd emailed god hundreds Casting directors, directors, producers, agents, didn't have an agent at this point. Yeah. Um, with my very small, pathetic CV, being like, hey, I've done a school production of Hairspray. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm willing to learn, um, yeah. which obviously nobody replied to. Yeah. Um, which, I'd, you know, I don't, <laughs> don't blame them at that point. But I tried that and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll write something, post something and post it online and see how that goes and yeah i'd recently gone through um <clears throat> something quite traumatic in my life and i'd I'd lost um a young family member mm. very very traumatically and very very suddenly in 2018 and i was suffering like quite badly with depression yeah. so from 2018 obviously now we're in lockdown so that's like 2019-20 so it's quite a new still quite fresh for me and I was struggling to sort of deal with those feelings um so I started to write about them yeah and then writing about them started to like turn into like rhyming about yeah. it 
and I'd never written any, I'd never written poetry before. I'd never really had the urge to write poetry. I never thought it was something that I was good at or yeah. anything like that. But I think coming from a place of like pain and mm. like trauma with what I was feeling at the time, it kind of became an outlet. Yeah. Um, so I ended up writing a poem, uh, just like my first ever poem. I called it 381 because I wrote it on the 381 bus to Peckham and I posted it and I sent it to, again, hundreds of celebrities, producers, writers, directors, yeah. singers. I sent it to Michelle Obama. I sent it to Lady Gaga. Wow. <laughs> Literally, I, I sent so many messages that I got blocked off Instagram. I was not allowed to send anymore. Cause I was like, I just want somebody to watch this. And just yeah. like, I was just really fed up basically. And I, I was, just was, you know, really mithering, trying, yeah. trying to get something from someone. Um, and then, after a th after a few weeks, uh, comedian and and writer and, and actress Daisy May Cooper, yeah. who I'm a big fan of, um, watched it and loved it and shared it to her page. Wow! And she had I think at that time maybe like six hundred seven hundred thousand followers. So I gained a lot of um, like followers and yeah. an interest in basically from from her posting that. So then I'd start posting a poem a week. Oh wow. About like kind of what was happening currently. Mm. So I it always had to be something I was passionate about. So yeah. obviously my first one was about grief. I'd then write some about like politics or the arts mm. or um it was around the time of the Sarah Everard case. Yes. So I yeah, wrote something yeah. about that, which I managed to perform uh, at a, a, like an online, uh, what's it called? Like visual. a visual, yeah. yeah. With, and Jeremy Corbyn was there and oh, Sandy wow. Toxvig and stuff. So all stuff like that. And and that was obviously amazing. Um, and then that's when I started thinking, right, I'll write some comedy yeah. and post that and see how it goes. Um, and I did the same thing, wrote the comedy sketches, sent them to everyone and anyone that I possibly wow. could. Yeah. Until eventually a producer called Molly Seymour, who works for a company called Jack's Media, um, said, this is really good. Do you have anything else I can read? And I was like, yeah, so much. Um, and then she said, can I share this with the BBC? And I was like, yes, please. And then that's what led me to my first ever project, which was a comedy that I had written and starred in for BBC called Peckheads. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. That is a really, um, like, just the courage to even email, like, to just message all those people. Like, as a creative myself, I would just message casting directors. But to actually reach out to everyone on social media and be like... <laughs> yeah, honestly, I felt like such a pest. I even <laughs> said in the message, I was like, sorry for my room, but my mum said, if you don't ask, you don't get. So, yeah. it's true. Do you think it's that northern kind yeah. of driving you to be 100%. like... 100%. And I think when you come from nothing, yeah. you don't have anything. You, I've got nothing to lose. That's true. You know, and when you've got nothing to lose, there's nothing more powerful than a person with nothing to lose. Yeah. Because you yeah, would yeah. do anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no... What, what else can you do but that? Yeah. And luckily, it's paid off. 
So I always, yeah. when people say to me, you know, like sometimes I go into my, I go into universities or mm. college or school or whatever and people will say, do you have any advice for, you know, someone starting? I'm like literally just mither anyone and everyone you can. You have yeah. to have no shame. Yes. And the worst that can happen, they ignore you or they say, no, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But something amazing could come of it. You could be planting a seed. Exactly. And then you might meet that person one day. Yeah. And you can say, oh, do you remember when I mithered you and sent you seven of the same message? You just, you just got to do it. Yeah, yeah. No shame. You do. You do. You do have to have no shame. And I guess putting stuff out on social media is the same thing. You kind yeah. of got to have no shame. Absolutely, yeah. You just have to... I mean... Especially in this industry, you have to be, obviously, as I'm sure you know, you have to be used to no yeah. and you have to be used to failing. Yeah. And social media is just the same. If anything, you have the protection of like it being behind your screen yeah. rather than you being face to face and then being like, no, thank you. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. But, you know, if it flops on social media, it is what it is. You just try again tomorrow. Yeah. And it's not. It's, and if it's not that great, no one's going to see it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's really good and it goes viral, people right. will see it. But <laughs> Yeah, if you do a bad one, you're like, eh, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah, really. And I, a lot of the sort of um, very successful TikTokers and social media stars um, in the comedy world, I have often gone right back to the beginning mm. of their profile just to have a look. Yeah. And their first ever videos... I literally got like a couple of hundred views. Yeah. So you have to remember, and now they're on like hundreds of millions yeah. and it's their career and they're earning like good yeah. money from it. So you just have to remember that everybody has started at yeah. the same place. So then how do, because a lot of these people who do do really well on TikTok mm. and then getting getting these big companies coming to them going, let's do an hour show yeah. and a massive tour across the country. Yeah. But you're also at the same time going, you haven't even done the open yeah, circuit. Yeah, yeah. You haven't done five minutes. You haven't gone mm -hmm. out into an audience who don't know who you are. Yeah. So how do you, because I'm obviously you're doing Beat the Frog World Series. Yeah. You're in the heat. Oh, that so is so exciting. scary. I'm actually more scared yeah. for that than I am. Really? Yeah. No, you'll be fine. So obviously Beat the Frog is our show at the Frog and Bucket where we find new talent and they have to go up into the lion's den. Of, mm. I mean, we're probably the nicest one out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Out of all of them across the country. But, yeah, and now we're having the World Series. It begins tonight. Um, oh, is it tonight? It's tonight, even though this will be coming out a little later than. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the world of podcasting yeah. by the time we edit it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you're going to be in that. So does, is that something that you were quite conscious about? Because I know I'm not going to name any names, but I know some TikToks. Yes comic stars are just going for the massive tours mm -hmm. and they're selling out but then they wouldn't be able to do the actual comedy circuit yeah so yeah, are you yeah. quite conscious of that yeah i think it's definitely something that i've thought about however i i started doing comedy before tiktok okay so i had obviously done my five minutes had done my open mic nights um i'd done you know, like sort of different bits and bobs that were live. Mm. And I'd gone to TikTok with already that experience. Yeah. And obviously I'd made my show with the BBC, which was comedy. I've starred in a series on Channel 4, which is comedy. So for me, tic 
TikTok has come after. Okay. I've I've done all these things, so I can't really I can't really f speak for the the people that have started on TikTok first and then gone into live comedy, but I do know I have had this conversation with a lot of comedians about you know some of them feeling a bit frustrated that you know some some people on TikTok are kind of as you said skipping what what we would normally have to do yeah. and just going straight to like um huge venues but I know that <clears throat> TikTok this year don't know if they sponsored or partnerships with Edinburgh Fringe. Yes. So like those lines are crossing. Yeah. So I think originally I'd kind of thought, oh, TikTok is one thing and live comedy is another. Yeah. And I never thought that those paths were going to cross. Yeah. But now that TikTok is with Edinburgh Fringe, like, you know, one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world. Yeah. I think it creates, it creates a new beginning. Mm. of like these people and and also what one thing i do love about tiktok is it is creating opportunities for people that yeah. would not normally have opportunities yeah, yeah so i know the kind of live stuff is different but i think ultimately it is a positive thing and we should see it as a positive thing and we should always think you know be better not bitter yeah so if we're true. seeing people that are smashing tiktok and going straight to live shows think how can i do that yeah how, how can i try and do that and i know that, that there's always going to be an element of frustration yeah. because i i feel frustrated when i look at people who come from middle class backgrounds mm. and have had stuff given to them yeah. and they're now in a really fortunate position or are now this you know when i see middle class comedians especially male comedians that are like headlining all these shows and i just think literally change it up like yeah. it's boring yeah. and that makes me frustrated but then i think let's turn that frustration into how can i headline those shows mm. and like i think you have to push yourself to be to be better and be like when you're looking at people doing stuff, think, you know, if I want to do that, how can I do it? It's kind of the tortoise and the hare mm, absolutely. analogy, right? Yeah. So they may have been, you know, getting a head start, but there is some point that they'll take a nap. Mm. And those who are working harder we'll can have the... Because what do you want? Do you want the quick flash pan career or do you want the longevity? Yeah, exactly. And longevity comes with hard work. 100%. And I think that people see that. Yeah. And also you have to remember... One thing with TikTok especially is it's all about trends. Yeah. Someone can be trending one month yeah. and not be trending another month. Yeah. So that month they might get, oh, do you want to come and do this? Do you want to come and do that? We've got this opportunity, this, that and the mm. other. And then the algorithm's off and their views are bad and yeah. they've not got as many opportunities. And I know that from experience because yeah. it, is, it is all about your algorithm and your views yeah. and how many people are interacting. And yeah. I suppose that's something that the live world has over the social yes. media world. Yeah. It's kind of like, do you know what? I just thought of it then. TikTok is kind of like the new version of like American Idol. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like because those yeah, people yeah. were like whoever won it, you, some of them you never hear of again. Exactly. And, and like talent perseveres doesn't it so yes. if someone's good and they're meant to be doing what they're doing regardless if they're trending or whatever yeah. they will continue to do that for the rest of their lives if they're not they'll yeah. trail off like yeah. a lot of people do yeah and that's why doing the open mic 
circuit and getting your craft and getting on that stage. Just as important, if yeah. not more, because yeah. obviously you have some people that are in the live comedy world and the TikTok world, the yeah. social media world, but then you have other people that are just in the live comedy world. Yeah. And really you want everyone to know who you are. Yeah. Both live and social media. Yeah, yeah. So you should be doing everything. You should be doing yeah. everything you possibly can so that everyone knows who you are and what you're doing. So you mentioned a book. So we might as well talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so when did that come about and what was it like writing a book? Oh, it was, it was. And is it an autobiography or is it um, <clears throat> fiction? It is, it's very autobiographical, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not branded as so as an autobi autobiography, but it is pretty much about like my experience growing up up until sort of this point. Um, that came again from, from like Instagram. So yeah. posting the poems and obviously having um, different sort of notable people in the industry sharing it. Mm got the attention of some editors and publishing companies and stuff. Um, and they said, oh, we really like your work. Have you ever thought, have you ever wanted to write a book? Have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, not really, no. Like, I think when I, when growing up, I've kind of always associated writing a book, for example, with either being really, really rich mm. or really, really clever. Yeah. And like, I didn't class myself as an, I'm not, you know, I'm not any of those things. So... I've never, it's kind of something I've I've always deemed as unobtainable for oh, someone like okay. me. Yeah. So I was like, no, not really. Um, and then they were like, oh, well, we we think that we could work with you on creating this, that and the other. Do you, can you write a pitch for us sort of thing? Mm. So obviously my poems, for example, covered um, lots of different themes. So themes that I'm passionate about, such as uh, sexuality, yeah. grief, class. Yeah those sort of things. Um, so yeah, we kind of like come up with a plan. Um, and the best way to describe the book is it's kind of split into three sections. Yeah. So there's childhood, yeah. teens and adulthood. And within that, their experiences that I've had growing up as a child or a teenager or an adult, but their experiences that I would deem as quite universal. Mm. So. For example, if we take the example of sexuality, um, when I was a child, I like became aware of my sexuality. Yeah. I thought to myself, oh, I don't like what, what my friends seem to like. Mm. So you have that awareness. And then when I was a teenager, I explored my sexuality. Um, and then when I was an adult, I accepted my sexuality. Yeah. So it's kind of about the different themes that I think are quite universal. Yeah. And how we explore them at different stages in our lives, but very much through the eyes of me. Yeah. So like my experiences. So it's definitely a great book for young people. <clears throat> definitely. I mean, the title is No Worries If Not, a funny-ish story of growing up working class and queer. Mm. So you know, working class, queer people, women, non-binary, like those, anyone that's sort of dealt with grief, especially, there's a yeah. huge section about grief. Um, 
Yeah. But a book for everyone, I would say. Yeah, no, a book for everyone. I just thought that. I was just like, but in my head, I was like, young people. Oh, yeah, no, you know definitely. I mean? Definitely. Young people, yeah. Yeah, who would try, especially up in the north. Mm. It's great to have such a, like, a lovely role model. Um, I would hope so, yeah. That they can look up to and, and mm-hmm. see your journey, which I think is really an amazing journey. Thank Do you. Do you know what I mean? Of really working hard and getting your into this position that you are with four sold out shows sold, sold out, out shows, shows in the woman in comedy festival yeah what made you want to come and do your first hour because some people do split bit you know split shows yeah. or you know more than three yeah what, what I, in your head was like you know what i'm just gonna do an hour show i do stuff on a whim all the time right so i'll have a feeling or a thought or an idea and before i've had a chance to weigh up the pros and cons i'll just book it and i'll just do it because that's just how i've that's just how i live my life so i was like right women in comedy festival i was thinking i've done a few shows really i've done about terms of stand-up shows my whole life i've done less than 15 which is not many no i think less than 50 it could be less than 10 but yeah between 10 and 15 shows yeah that's actually not a lot not a lot at that's all. not a lot at all no <laughs> and then and then i did and then i did beat the frog yeah which i was really scared was really scared and um, you won the clap off. and i did win the clap off and then that gave me like a bit of a a bit of a boost in confidence yes, because i saw her and i was like you have not filled out your form and <laughs> i am waiting for your info because i was waiting i was like let's see how beat the frog goes like maybe i'm delusional and it's not gonna go well. and then within the first 24 hours of us announcing the festival you sell out your first show sell and we were talking show. like do we put on another one and then another one sold out and then a third and then we should do another and then I was like let's just wait yeah yeah so and then we released the fourth yeah so I'm I'm really really excited for it I think it's going to be fun it's definitely going to be um hopefully a positive learning experience for me I've never held like I've never held the stage on my own before for Mm. a whole you know 45 minutes an hour yeah um, I've only, I think the most I've done is I hosted a comedy night at the Feel Good Club. Oh, yes. Which which was so fun. And that was kind of the most I'd spoke, like, on my own. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not, they'd like, kind of like, basically, it's, it's a work in progress. Yes. But I am confident and I do think that it's going to be really fun. And I, yeah. I'm really excited to, I'm really excited for what's going to come after it because I'm, yeah. Ideally, if I can get the funding, I would love to have my debut at Edinburgh next yeah. year. So that I feel like this is a really good stepping stone 100%. to that. Um, the the dream would be to do a tour, like a little mini tour around, I don't know, the north or, yeah. or the country or yeah. whatever. So this is kind of, this is the beginning of what I hope is going to be like my journey in, in live comedy. Fingers crossed. Well, I mean, it's a nice training ground as well, the Women yeah. in Comedy Festival, because the joys of doing a work in progress is that you can have your notes with you. Yes. You can have it. <laughs> you can stop and go. My girlfriend said that. Sorry, that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going <laughs> to refer to my notes. Yeah, my know? girlfriend was like, are you 
she was like, stop reading off your laptop. You're not going to be able to do that. And I was like, actually, yes, I am. Yeah. Because it's a work in progress. Yeah. So <laughs> when you get to Edinburgh, you won't be able yeah, to. That's to when that. you're like, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, that's when you do the thing that comedians do where everything is on the palm of their yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So comedians, what they do, especially with jokes, is they write down what they're kind of going to do for their 20. Yeah. I'm destroying secrets here. But then all on so, the hands. All on the hands. But sometimes the good ones will have the Rolodex in their head. Well, the ones that have yeah. been going for the longest, shall I say. Yeah. And um if the audience is not with them, they can just pull out an old goldie. Yeah. And bring you back yeah. to to love it. Uh-huh. So you're ready <laughs> for the Beat the Frog World <clears throat> series? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I think my I think I'm doing my one on the sixteenth of yeah. October. Yeah. Um so obviously it'll be after my shows. Yeah. So what's good is I can see what works well That's in true. my shows and I can add, I can kind of come up with a mini sort yeah. of compilation of like the best bits and yeah. hopefully... I'm not giving you oh any God. pointers. I'm not allowed to. No, that's I have okay. To be neutral in it. That's all right. <laughs> but the audience decide. I don't. The do audience they, do decide. I don't have. I any. guess it depends on the audience as well, because some people can be into you and some people yeah. not. Right? Yeah, it just depends who's got the cards. I've come to what I've watched a lot of the Beat the Frogs, oh. and I definitely come to watch a few before I did it. And there were some comedians that I thought, "You are brilliant, so funny." I was in hysterics. Yeah. And they were gonged off. Yeah. And I was like, I wouldn't gong them off. So I suppose what's nice about it is even if you do get gonged off, you have to remember it's subjective. Yes. To what the audience, you know, whoever the audience are, yeah. what they enjoy. But it's a good training ground for, because I think sometimes people forget with um, open, with the, the gong shows, mm. is that it is a good training ground because the hardest rooms in the world are doing a Saturday night full of hens and stags or Christmas. If you can do Christmas, you're a successful comedian because those most of those audiences are not there to watch you. They're there because the boss, someone in the yeah, work yeah, has yeah. gone, this is a good idea. It's so true. I and you have to keep them on your side. After I did one, my first ever stand-up show, yeah. which was a, like a five or ten minutes in London, Someone contacted me and said, I'm having a Christmas party. <clears throat> There's 150 guests. Will you host it? And I was like, thanks so much for the confidence, but absolutely not. No way. No, that would be so, especially 150. One gig as well. One gig. Uh, no way in hell. No. No way. But do you know what? A lot of open mics would have jumped on that and said yes. <sighs> I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't want to be ruined before I'd even started. But yeah. I've had a, I've had a handful of of bad gigs now, so I'm a bit more prepared for when for yeah. when they happen. Yeah. And what's it, what's the difference between? Obviously, you started in London. Now you're back in the north. Do you feel there's a difference between gigging in the north and the south? I think so. So the the sort of the gigs that I did in London, there's part of my set where I talk about Manchester and where I'm from and kind of, um, I will not say take the mick, but kind of like play up to the stereotype of where I'm from and yeah. things like that. And Londoners respond very differently to that than Northerners. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately a laugh is a laugh, but the Londoners will laugh 
at me. Yeah. And the northerners will laugh with me. Yeah. So that there's the the key difference there. Um which which I really, really like. Like sometimes I if I'd done a finish a show in London, they'd be like, Oh, that you know, that bit was so so funny and da, 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 da. and I'm yeah. thinking that's fine like you find it funny and then do a show here and they're like oh you know we love that bit where you said that and you know my mum does that as well and da, 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 da. so so they're nice in they're nice in different ways yeah um but I do prefer Manchester yeah we all love Manchester <laughs> we all prefer I've Manchester. just come back from London and I was Have like you? cannot wait to get on the train yeah because I used to work at Angel Comedy oh did you yeah yeah nice. yeah so I worked there before the pandemic yeah yeah now you're here now i'm here at the frog yeah doing the woman comedy festival how do you find that like the comedy circuit in manchester compares to london apart from the fact london's obviously a lot bigger i just feel like it kind of reminds me a little bit of the comedy circuit back home like it's yeah. a bit more of a family mm -hmm. everyone knows i mean obviously i knew the comics in london as well yeah but i just feel that the north understand the job of having to travel Whereas I feel sometimes the London circuit don't understand the travel part and yeah. feel like, well, I'm coming to the North, so you should spoil me. And it's yeah. a bit like, no, every comic, there's a huge industry <laughs> yeah. in the North. We actually, there's so many, and in Scotland and yeah. in Wales, like there's even in Northern Ireland, there's a massive comedy circuit going mm -hmm. on. Yeah. It, there is life outside of London and if you're willing to work hard and travel, mm. you can have an amazing career of just traveling all over the country. Yeah, definitely. But I think sometimes they get a bit stuck in their bubble in London and stay yeah. in the safety of just staying at the same clubs. Yeah, I suppose there is a lot going on there. So it's, you know, they can kind of go from one thing to another, but yeah, definitely getting out and yeah. going to other places. Yeah, and good. there's so many great comedy nights going on in Manchester. Yeah, there's also, there's loads in like Stoke, Presswich, yeah. Birmingham, like... Yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool Leeds, York, yeah. Newcastle. Everywhere. Everywhere. Have you done, is that what, something you, you would like to do? Like just start becoming a circuit comic? I would love that. Yeah? I'd love that so much, yeah. Like I said, we're doing this, the, the Women in Comedy Festival... Which I've 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 wanted to do for years. Like I've always, you know, had a look and seen who's doing the show, and always thought, oh, yeah, hopefully I can do that one year. Um, hopefully, sort of getting this this hour a bit more solid, and um, like seeing how it how it goes, seeing how I do, seeing how people react to it. Then definitely the next step would be, you know, I'll speak to my agent and just say, I I really want to do sort of like basically where can we go from here yeah pretty much yeah yeah fingers crossed and luckily i've got the i've got the plat my social media platforms yeah. to advertise the tickets and thankfully i do think a lot of the tickets i've sold have come from people that um enjoy my comedy on social media yes. so that's a i'm really grateful for that that's a big positive so if i can keep both of those things growing yeah then i mean you've got a long yeah. career ahead of you most comedians really become like a fine wine in their 30s and 40s yeah do you know what i mean like yes you've mm -hmm. got some experience from your 20s but i do feel you know you've got much more wealth than you're well yeah for sure to to pull out the older get so really you're at a good age yeah to you know to move forward in in your 
Definitely. I know. I love giving compliments and the British are like, oh, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank oh, you. Oh, yuck. <laughs> it's so funny though because when I was like, when I was like 16, 17 and I was at college, all my friends were applying to go to drama school because yeah. I went to it, studied acting at college, went to an acting college. Um, and I remember thinking, I don't need to go to drama school because I, I know what I'm going to do yeah. and I'm going to do it now. And obviously this wow. was 10 years ago. Yeah. So it took me 10 years. But I remember just having this like delusional level of confidence mm. that I was like, why would I waste my time at drama school? Because like, I know that this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I was going to leave college and I was just going to be snapped up and thrown on a stage yeah. and have like thousands of people that want to come and see me. And then obviously I learn very, very, very quickly and very harshly yeah. that that is absolutely not the case. <laughs> but it makes me laugh when I think that when I was that age, yeah. I felt like I was so ready for it and I felt like, like I was just going to fall into it. Yeah, it but I think shows. we all do in the arts. Yeah. I think you, you do think oh, I'm going to do one five-minute set at a club. Well, that's let's, it. You know, let's <laughs> yeah. use the frog, for example. You're going to do five minutes at Beat the Frog, you're going to win it, and then next thing they're going to book you for the weekend. Yeah. Closing. Yeah. And you're like, no, it could take years. Yeah, I know. I know. It's definitely it's a reality check. But yeah. it's one that I think I needed because I didn't realise how difficult the industry was, not yeah. just comedy in specific, like, Obviously, I do acting and I do writing as yeah. well, and they're kind of all the creative industries, and it's so, 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 so hard. Yeah. And I remember my teachers in college saying, "You do not understand yeah. how hard this is." Yeah. And I remember saying, like, there'd be two people in this room that will go on to to continue to do this, and I remember thinking, like, "Oh well, I'll be one of the two. Which like, you are. I am, but... You know what I mean? I am, but it did, It you know, it's taken 10 years since I left college and I did not plan for, for it but to take that long. But also, too, though, you could have given up when it didn't work out. 100%. Do you know what I Because mean? a lot of people have your thought process of, I am going to win an Academy Award. That was yeah. mine. Um, I've got my BAFTA speech on my phone. Yeah, yeah. It's written in my notes. You know, I'm like, ready. Uh. <laughs> um, and then, but uh, this industry is hard and it is tough and it's cruel. Yeah. Um, and you could easily have just gone, oh, this is too much for me. I'm not going to do it. 100%. But you didn't. And that, like I said, the tortoise and the hare. Tortoise in the hair. And it doesn't matter whether you go to drama school or not because majority of people from drama school, again, don't go anywhere. Yeah, especially now more than ever. Yes, which I'm, which I'm happy. I'm happy about that change yeah. in 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 society that you don't have to go to drama school to be successful. No, you don't have to have had. Not yeah. saying that you know. Not saying that people that have gone to drama school are any less any less successful. They're obviously not. That training is completely invaluable. Oh yeah, the training is amazing. Um, but it's nice that there's other routes now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think also too with, the, and that's the joy of being in comedy, whereas acting you kind of need that training yes. and it does build resilience. Yeah. And you have to go in knowing that you're doing it for the training, not the success, because mm -hmm. majority of the people who have been successful yeah. uh, come from Mule. Yes. But um, with comedy, it is on your own. It is on your own. You have to go out and do those five-minute spots. You do. 
and it's so interesting as well because when I, I obviously I watch a lot of comedy now, yeah. and you can so tell the people that are. You know, when people just have it and they're yeah. so brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you can just, it's a crazy how you can tell straight yeah. away. Yeah. And like, it's just, I can't describe what it is. It's no. just a thing, isn't it? it and is. you just think, oh, you have that. It's the uniqueness, nerve. Uniqueness, um, charisma, Man, uniqueness, uniqueness nerve, nerve, and talent. talent. Ugh. Exactly. <laughs> and that I'm a it. huge drag race fan. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. Um, I am dyslexic, so I was putting them That's all okay. the wrong way. But yeah, no, that's true. I can see it. I can see someone on stage and be like, they just have something. I can't describe it, but yeah. I just know. I just know. Yeah. And then you see them go. Whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's nice to see. Yeah. Nice to watch. So yeah, so you're getting excited. It's not like only a couple of days away. <laughs> Literally so excited. I need to I'm gonna make sure I go through the show every night this week. Yeah. Um and I keep trying to plan for stuff that you can't plan for. Yeah. You know, when it yeah. depends on what the audience say and do at that time. I'm like, right, I have to think about this, this and this. And ultimately I'm very, very excited. Yeah. I'm a tension seeker. So, you know, having having everyone's attention on me for, for 45 minutes is, is heaven. Times four. <laughs> Times four is a dream come true. Yeah. So unfortunately, <laughs> tickets are sold out. So no one can come and see it. But that doesn't mean, you know, you get to see the work in progress and then hopefully get to see a finished product. Yes. So. Definitely. Maybe here. Who knows? Me, who knows? You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for coming along and chatting thank with you me. But your journey me. has been really interesting. And thank I think you. a lot of people, a lot of comics, especially in the North, are mm. really going to relate to this journey that you, you've been on. Thank you very much for thank having so me. Thanks so much for sharing. Thanks, Amy. You got it.